You're listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. 88.7 FM. The station with the best music. Best music. Best music. Best music. I love the music. Best music. You're listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. Let's start with these uh, Kirk Cousins rumors. I don't know yes. if they're, how credible they are, but um, listen, trade talks are out there about Kirk Cousins, and now Justin Jefferson's gone on the IR for at least a month, and there is talk with the trade deadline October 31st that Cousins could be moved. Here he is responding to the possibility of headed to a different team. Kirk, is there any scenario where you would waive your no-trade clause before the trade deadline? You know, I'm just very focused on the Bears. Ha. I'm going 1-0 this week, and anything else <laughs> is just not worth my time or energy or attention. The last two weeks, you've had one of the best offenses in football statistically. Are you a believer that that is contagious or that that builds on itself? And if so, what could that mean for Justin to just kind of continue what he's been doing the last two Yeah, it's about consistency, right? You know, and the guys have, have shown that. You know, we've seen uh, a really good trend, you know, in, in our practices, you know, with, with the connection, with the chemistry, with Justin and the receivers, uh, with the tight ends, you know, with Cole and, and those guys too. And um, it just really is, is trending this way, you know, and we just feel that the consistency has got to be there now. And uh, the guys have a lot of uh, challenges this week, you know, with the pressure package and all those things that we're working through. And uh, the guys know it's a one-week league. And uh, this this is all that matters is this game right here against the Vikings. Have you noticed uh, a weight off your guys this week, maybe even yourself, just getting ready for this game, coming off a win, going into this week? Has it felt different? I, yeah, I wouldn't say that. I would say that our, our step-up challenge to everybody was to have a sense of urgency uh, to get better. And that was it uh, on Monday. That was it after the game. Um, it, it's one game, and it's a, like I said, it's a one-week leap. And it's, uh, this week is all that matters. You, me- you mentioned the sense, of, the sense of urgency challenge. What does that look like to you for like players in practice or coaches to players? Like, how do you want to see that sense of urgency? Uh, just in the preparation, you know, the, the attention to detail and the preparation uh, during the course of the week, um, leading up to uh, Wednesday and then during Wednesday. You know, during the meetings, during the walkthroughs, um, guys are on their details, guys are on their on their assignments, um, guys are on the on the precision of the execution it takes to win in this league. Uh, so, and then going into Thursday, third down day, and then into gold zone and on to the, the rest of the week. But uh, it's really just really focusing on, you can see it in walkthroughs, you can see it, you know, in the, you know, the, the meetings, you can see it all the way through practice. And again, like I said, we got 48 hours. We got a lot of preparing still to do, and uh, it's, uh, it's a sense of urgency to do that. Jay, when you talk about preparations, preparing for a game, when you're talking about the Bears getting ready to face the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins, a lot of questions out there, a lot of things that have been swirling around. But the last we saw of the Bears was on a Thursday night where the Bears took on the Commanders. And what we saw from that Bears team was early that they dominated the line of scrimmage. And statistically, we have a lot of numbers that back up the fact that the Bears were dominant. But here's the thing. The Bears have the most absurd stat so far this season What's in the NFL. Is that DJ Moore accounted for 230 yards mm-hmm. of the 282 yards of passing. 
So that meant that 52 yards were just distributed among two players throughout that roster. Jay, is this a recipe that the Bears can take through the season to win? Or was this, as we talked about earlier, an anomaly when we were talking about Colorado? Was that was that Washington game against the Commanders, was that an anomaly we saw from the Bears? Or is this is the new way they're going to play to win throughout the season? I hope y'all uh, didn't go buy new Justin Field jerseys. Because um, until they can do it a few more times in a row, I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. Um, they started off. What was the team before that they played? I'm drawing a blank now. They when won. they played the Broncos. Right. So you got the Broncos, right, who historically bad. And you looked against – they played against the Commanders who had uh, – was he a rookie QB? I think he was a rookie QB, wasn't he? Is he a rookie or is this his second year? Well, he ever looked. He, he was he, – he will look like a rookie. And you had a situation where the Bulls, Bears, White Sox, Cubs, all of them, they all have moments when they look like a real franchise, when they look like they can actually play at this level. But we know uh, this was a team who had a 14-game losing streak. If we all sudden think that this is just going to flip back around, all of a sudden, I don't know. I think we got. I think we got a rude awakening getting ready to come up against the Vikings. The Vikings aren't as bad as their record shows, and I think you have Kirk Cousins coming in, one of the top quarterbacks statistically in the league. He can spin it. We know Kirk Cousins can spin it, and he's going to spin it against the Bears. Question is now: Can Justin Fields keep up pace? And we know one thing the Bears can't do is protect Justin Fields. So it's going to be interesting now when you're coming up against a defense who's going to pin the ears back because for the Vikings, this is a winnable game, and this is the Chicago Bears. One of the things that we saw with the Chicago Bears was that they were able to put together a line. That line has given Justin enough protection and been ranked as one of the best lines of the week and last week. The Bears have some very interesting numbers as they are muddling through this season. Jay, I'm going to give you some numbers. I'm going to throw them out here, and I want you to see how these numbers sound. 1,143 passing yards, 11 passing TDs, 5 interceptions, a 95.4 passer rating. Does that sound good so far? Okay. The next number is 1,287 passing yards, 10 TDs, four INTs, and a 96 passer rating. Okay. The first ratings or the first numbers I gave you were Justin Fields' numbers. Okay. Up to this point to week five, that's where he looked. And until yesterday or until Thursday, the second set was Patrick Mahomes' numbers. So are you saying uh, on the sizzle, are you saying that Justin Fields is better than Patrick Mahomes right here on the Sizzle Goal? I am saying that if you're a fantasy player right now, if you've had Justin Fields the last two weeks, you've won your fantasy league. So are we saying Justin Fields is better than Patrick Mahomes? Are this, is this what you're saying that these statistics will say right now? 
I don't know what these statistics are saying. Well, you just said them. They're saying that Patrick Mahomes' numbers this year are down versus what we see from Justin Fields. So how do you interpret that? Oh, that's you how you interpret. You brought him up. You still haven't answered the question. Is do these numbers say that Justin Fields is better than Patrick Mahomes? By the numbers, yes. So you're saying here on the sizzle that Justin Fields is better than Patrick Mahomes? I'm saying by the numbers, yes. Okay. Well, y'all heard it here first. That, mm-hmm. that right now, G Sizzle will take Justin Fields over Patrick Mahomes. No, I'll take Justin's numbers over Patrick I, Mahomes. I did for for at the end of the season to end of the year. I well, know. Let well, me ask you a wait question a now let for me ask my you fantasy because I'm going to take will, it for my fantasy. Will I Justin Fields have better numbers than Patrick Mahomes at the end of the year? I don't think so. I don't. Th- I think once this all, once we play out, because we're only what in week six. Once we get all the way to the end of the season, I don't believe that he will. But the question should be then, Jay, if Patrick and Justin, if Justin Fields has numbers similar to or that of Patrick Mahomes at the end of the year. What does Uh that say? They say that the fourth dimension has come and broken through the fifth dimension. Who cares? Who cares? There's Look, if we compare Patrick Mahomes to Justin Fields as a quarterback, right, if we're going to compare that, we're just going to use numbers, then who's who's that guy that has – Seven or eight rings in the NBA, then he must be better than Michael Jordan. Who's that? I think that's um, Robert Ory. Robert Ory. Does he have, what, eight, nine rings? Mm-hmm. Something like that. So he must be better than Jordan because his numbers are better. I mean, these numbers, you can have stats say anything. The whole issue is is that when you look at it, what do they pass the eye test? And right now, Justin Fields look great, but he look great against bad teams. You know, now let's see what he looks like against – because I know here's the fun statistical part that you know – Minnesota's defense has been shutting running backs down this year, right? They've been doing real well against one statistically against running backs, right? I think they want to say they're like 13th in the league, and the Bears don't have a running back. They don't have one. I think one's concussed. One's got the ankle. You know, they had they had a fullback playing running back. And if they don't get that fixed, that means they won't have a running game. That means Justin Fields will be thrown into six and seven players because they will get pressure on Justin Fields with four players. You think are you are you taking him or Patrick Mahomes to throw into those tight windows? Well, definitely you're taking the player who has won Super Bowls, who has been one of the most consistent. But when you have those numbers and they are saying these types of or showing these types of anomalies. The question then becomes for the Bulls. The Bulls I got keep you. doing it. The Bulls, the Bears, because they're all in this the same the White Sox, the mediocrity fire. of foolishness. So for the Bears, if you've got Justin sitting there at the end of the year, and this has been the question for all of those. We had this discussion in the barbershop. Uh-huh. And at the end of the year, You've got Justin with good numbers. You've got him with Patrick Mahomes' numbers. But you don't have him with Patrick Mahomes' wins. And you have the only opportunity, maybe the first and last opportunity you will have to reshape this whole Bears organization. And maybe Caleb Williams isn't that great. Maybe there will be somebody else. Maybe it's a young man from Michigan. Maybe it's it could be some other quarterback. 
how do you then get through this whole time and then make a decision with Justin at the end of the year? Well, okay. So here's the biggest problem. Right? You're going to drop this big money on Justin Fields, right? Um, if you take a rookie quarterback, you don't have to drop that money, number one. Number two, let's take a look at it. From this standpoint, are you going to drop the money? The minute where you need to drop the money, as we're saying now, is the offensive line. You need to pay as much money as you can to get in the best offensive line. You need to make the – but the problem is that you can't really do that in the NFL. You just can't go out and just pay everybody more money and get them. It doesn't work that way. The problem with the Bears right now is that offensive line is not good. It's just not good enough to protect them. And until it becomes good enough to protect them, you're going to see some spurts like we've been seeing. But I don't believe because the Bears have not drafted well with the offensive line that they uh, – was it Grusso from Oregon, the, uh, the, the center that they brought in? When you're missing on people like this, when you're missing, you can't miss on these on these upper picks for the Bears. What was the guy that took out of um, uh, HBCUs? Uh, Carter. Are we, are we happy about that? I don't know if you're happy about it. He played right and left guard for you. Uh, more of a right guard, Jatari Carter. Um, a lot of it, it's been a lot of misses on that offensive line, and the sad part is you're missing on someone who was supposed to be an expert on offensive lines. And that tells you how difficult it is to build these type of teams, these winning teams. I mean, you look at you look at Belichick up with the Patriots right now. I mean, you know, one of the all-time gurus ever to coach in the NFL, and you see struggling going on. You know, everybody talked about how good Mac Jones was supposed to be, struggling. You know, you look at uh, who were some can't-miss guys came in, little, the little young fella, struggling. Murray, struggling. You know, Stroud. Everybody says, well, I don't know about Stroud. Stroud's looking good. So the issue is is that you have to have all the ingredients together. One thing I think that Patrick Mahomes had was because he was able to extend plays and because he has that rocket behind him and he had Tyreek Hill for all those years that he was able to take the top off these defenses and he had a weapon nobody else had. Now, pedestrian-wise, what else does he have? He has a weapon nobody else has in the tight end. Right. If he doesn't have the tight end on the field, all of a sudden you see Patrick Mahomes not look as formidable as before. Why? Because he has no place to go with the football. That's the biggest problem. I think with the Bears, once they figure out um, Justin Fields, what he likes to do tendency-wise, and from what I understand, Minnesota blitzes about 52% of the time. So he's going to have people in his face. Can he make a decision to get the ball out of his hands and put it on somebody? That's the question. Right, and if he can show you that he can do that, fine. But I think we've seen a lot of Patrick Mahomes lately. Not Patrick Mahomes, but a lot of Justin Fields. And I don't know. And I'm going to tell you what, even Caleb Williams, I don't know if his game's going to actually translate. I don't know if it's going to translate. Because he throws with wide open players. He's moving around the pocket. Guess what you can't do in the NFL unless you have elite speed. You can't run away from these defensive ends. They're going to chase you down. All these guys are 6'2". 6'3", 6'4", 240 pounds, and run 4'5". They're going to chase you down, especially if you're running sideways and they're running straight. They're going to chase you down. There's none of these slow guys on the outside like you find, you know, uh, second-tier players that play on these um, 
Division One uh, teams, you're not going to have guys like that. You're going to have every guy out there that can run. You're going to be playing Alabama every day, literally. You're going to be playing Georgia every day. Not even Georgia. You want Georgia on steroids. Here's the thing about it, right? I was talking to a friend of mine before, and he said, Jay, you understand what? I said, what? He said, listen, what's the worst team in the NFL right now? He said, would you would you put the, I mean, before the Bears were winning, who, who would be who would you call the worst team in the NFL right now? Jaguars? No, probably the Raiders. You think the Raiders are the worst team? Mm-hmm. Do do all right. So you take the Raiders, right? Raiders now. are the Cardinals, and I can't say the Cardinals because the Cardinals have, have uh, clocked in some wins. Take the Raiders. Oh, I know who the worst team is right now. Carolina Panthers. Panthers. That's all. I was trying to say Jaguars, but I went to Panthers. Right. Take the Panthers right now. And let's put them against Georgia. No, no, you're talking. You know, we've always had those discussions, and we've had those discussions when we had those foolish talks about uh, uh, being able to outrun a bear. Could Devin Hester outrun a full bear? And you get to that point where can these college kids go up against professionals? No, they're grown men. No, Georgia would not score. I want to say right now, unless a fluke play happened. They might not even get a first down. Possibly. If you put, if you took right now, take Shadur Sanders, right? Put him in the league right now. With what he has, the talent around him now. But let's let's give him Oregon's talent. And then take him, take Sanders, put them in the league. Put them against a middling, put them against the Bears. I'm with, well, okay. Get crushed. Any 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 college team goes against any NFL team is going to get crushed. Mm-hmm. But you take Shadur Sanders and put him again behind a decent offensive line in the NFL. What do you have? Well, now there's the big question. If you put him behind a decent line, then you've got something that is Patrick Mahomes-ish. Absolutely. If you put him behind the Bears line, you get Justin Fields. And, and this is the problem right now. Justin Fields' problem is that the Bears drafted him. Yeah. That he didn't. That yeah. he didn't go later on in the draft where he went to a decent ball club that can keep him upright and he could throw the football. Right now, Shadur Sanders to me is a better NFL prospect because he's getting the ball off under duress on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. He's shown you how tough he is. Hopefully. He stays healthy, mm-hmm. you know. I'm, 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 but if he gets into the league and he can sit behind there and throw in some windows, he's got a big enough arm. Now, here's the problem, though: the old those windows in the NFL are not as big as the windows. They're in, half windows, yeah, right? And so you got to anticipate these throws. I think mm-hmm. he has a real good opportunity because why? He trains with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. That's why you see him throw the ball real well. But what did you see? All of these college uh, coordinators do real quick. You're not going to beat us like you beat TCU. You're not going to throw them little wheel routes. That ain't going to happen no more. We're taking that away. Because guess what you don't have time to do now? Sit in the pocket. Well, one of the things that with Justin to learn to sit in the pocket, maybe his days for training with a Tom Brady need to be coming up. Listen, if you're taking the numbers on the Bears game right now, if you're looking at the spread for the Bears, they are plus three the over-under is 43.5. Take the under and the money line on the Bears right now is a plus 135. Are they at home? About those numbers. They're are at they, home. James. Yeah, that, so now it's, it's a pick 'em. 
flipping coins on this one. I just uh, I, I just don't think the Bears are going to have any opportunity to run the football. They just don't have any opportunity. Unless they pull well, somebody off the uh, – and I don't know if they pull somebody off the practice squad. They are down running backs. But to their credit, the one thing the Bears can say is the Vikings give up more passing yards than they give up rushing yards. So this, as you said, a pick em game where you look at if Justin can stay upright – and they don't get a good pass rush on him for Minnesota, you could be looking at a Tufa. You could be looking at a two in a row for the beloved, and now Justin Fields is going to the Super Bowl. He's going to Canton. He's going to Canton. Well, his shoes are already there, so at least he'll be there. At least he could say that. Yeah, that's one thing a lot of people can't say. He has something in Canton He's right in Canton. now. I mean, you know. So he'll go I, down in the history books. Everybody will know Justin Fields' name. I just think Justin Fields is not a bad quarterback. I don't think that at all. I think he's a bad quarterback for Chicago Bears. I I do question. One of the things you made me go back and look at some of his old footage, and I question now some of his decision-making. Yes. And that decision-making, in the it worked in college when until it didn't work, which was the national title game. Now – in the professional leagues, it's not working. And, and why did it not work in the national title game? Because he's playing against guys who had NFL caliber talent. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he, that windows, those windows close in a hurry. Those big guys are chasing you down. I don't care how fast you are, unless you're Michael Vickish, you're not running away from those guys. Mm-hmm. You're just not. And um, it's just the Bears are, when you miss on offensive linemen, when you can't keep that offensive line core together for four, five, six years in a row and you know, put a guy in there every once in a while somebody gets dinged up. But you can't start those same guys every year. It's a, it's a problem. And so now you see a running back by committee, offensive line by committee, and you have one superstar wide receiver. And with that said, the one thing that you know is the one superstar we have in the building is the Jay Sizzle mix always consistent, always there for you, always giving you the heat? So you know what this is. It's the Sizzle. We bring you the best in sports, music, and culture. We've talked about it all, and now it's time for you to enjoy the Jay Sizzle mix here on Gary's Voice of Education, WGVE 88.7 FM. 88.7 FM. The station with the best, me, best, me, best, me, best music. Best music. I love the I music. Love the music. Best music. <laughs> 